thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the demigod of diets and nutrition. He's the Wellness Couch co-founder and the co-founder of the Wellness Guys. He is Dr. Damien John Christoph. Hello, Brother Bear. <laughs> MP, how you going, mate? Very well, very demigod. well. We enjoyed. You are the demigod. Where do you come up with these things? It's amazing. We enjoyed our 200 our, plus episodes. 200 plus episodes. We enjoyed our little chat last week on uh, yeah. on, on the fast. Gee, it was funny. Nice bit of laugh. I mean, we need more laughter in the world, don't we? So it's good to open you up about the, you can't have the, the funny things in our life. We should start a comedy show, <laughs> you and I. When are we talking at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival? Well, I don't know. You I don't know. know. Maybe we're not funny enough. It's still hard for me to believe that you know the wellness guys were funny enough to do Adelaide Fringe Festival, but we could do Melbourne comedy. I'm sure oh, we could. I tell do you that. what, if we spoke about all of the weird experiments we've conducted, just in, the things you've done in the food. That's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we could take over a whole day of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, or maybe we're getting just a little bit ahead of ourselves. <laughs> maybe. I think we are. I think we are. Let's just stick to our humble little podcast. That's it. And, uh, That's, and, it. That's it. That's um, it. So so you asked at the end of the last episode, it was a very good question, what did I learn? What were the takeaways from you know just living on water for a week? And um, mm-hmm. and and there were a number of them, and, and I haven't spoken to you at length about them, but I do think, and again, I'm very, I'm, I'm not saying at all for anyone to go out and do water fasts and and colonics and um, salt flushes. It's not about that. There's just a lot of. Did lessons. you do a colonic as well? Oh well, an enema, a home, a home based colonic. Right, yeah. we might talk more about that then. Did you did you did you tune out when I was talking about enema on the last episode? Well, no, but I think there's a bit more to discuss there. You know, like I just. Well, you want to you want to know about the visuals. Well, and the smells and the kids walking in whilst you're doing it, the questions that they ask and what's what are you doing, Daddy? What, what are you doing, Daddy? I haven't smelled that before, Daddy. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to know a bit more about that. I should have asked questions then and there, but I was a little bit taken aback. Um, but I was actually waiting for you to delve a little bit deeper into a little point oh, that we did really? discuss um, just off air uh, earlier uh, that you didn't get into in the last week's episode. So I was <laughs> Wait, hoping you. I was hoping that you would get into that <laughs> and where you did use apple cider vinegar. So we might talk about that a little bit later on. In fact, I think we will. But I'd like to know, um, you know, obviously we all have passed a little bit of wind. Well, some of us do. I don't tend to. But uh, a lot of people pass a lot of wind and uh, and it can be smelly. You mentioned when you did the enema, you smelled all kinds of things. What what was coming out of there? Oh, well, like, you can uh, the colonic enema experts, are the the people that you know, and you you can tell me this, Damon. But I'm going to tell it. This is my uh, this well, is my well, interpretation. This is, this is Marcus Pierce's experience. This is so, my uh, experience, and then you yeah. can give your professional opinion. <laughs> As if I'm in the 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 consult room with you, where and we're sharing this with our thousands of listeners. Here's how it works, okay? So normally, when you do a poo, it has a smell that you're quite used to. That it, you can you can, you know it's your poo. True. I know you're laughing and you're, and you're on mute. True, you true, can't, true. Can't, you can't hack the depth of this conversation right no, now. No, I can. I can. There's definitely a flavor or an odor of your the own flavor. <laughs> What are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, there is no flavor. I would have no idea if there's a flavor. No, well, can't believe you know there's a flavor. Is actually, the taste of something It's just the same thing. It's just that's that's what it is. Like <laughs> you, you know that with flavor, it's ninety percent the smell. 
Okay. All right. That's so, where I'm going with it. Okay, sure you are, you oh, weird unit. Um, so, <laughs> so there's a smell that you're quite used to, even if there's it's a... Familiar. Okay, familiar, right? <laughs> yeah, used to is probably not the wrong word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my brand. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you do an enema, and, and an enema more than a colonic, because a colonic is a far cleaner, and let's be honest, a colonic is a way more dignified process for those of you that need the visual with a colonic you've actually got this viewing tube so if you look to your left or your right there's a tube and you actually see your poo being moved out through the colonic system with an enema you'll essentially have a liter of water it goes through the tube up your bottom up your colon and then uh you hold it in for five minutes, 10 minutes, and then you have to fight off a few urges to go and then all of a sudden you can't fight it off anymore and you release. And a litre of water and you're sitting on the toilet, okay, so it's far less dignified. Uh, You're sitting on the toilet, litre of water goes everywhere and generally out comes other stuff. And it is stuff that is not what you had 12 to 24 hours earlier because it doesn't smell like that. It smells like stuff that's been fermenting or or whatever the other words are. Um, what's the other words? Anyway, it's been doing all kinds of other things. Culturing, culturing, um, and it's just it's just gross. It's a gross smell, and it's just like so it's like methane, like just pure methane. Oh, it's beyond methane. Really? It's, so you've just burned a hole in the ozone methane. layer. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we've got like a bigger sunburn's a bigger problem now. Yeah, pretty much, and right. um, that's why I've been methane. burning a bit more lately. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so that and and that smell, as 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 toxic as it is, in, in like you smell it and you go, oh, where did that come from? But then you go, but then you get this real rush of, oh my gosh, that's out of my body. Like you get a real endorphin type rush, different to a running endorphin rush, but you just feel lighter and it's and you just, it's a great feeling. I can see why people do it like. Regularly, which I don't, I definitely don't condone, and I definitely do um, endorse, you know, having probiotics afterwards and all of those things. Uh, yeah. But I'm not a regular enema, enema person, right? I might, I might do two a year, so it's not a, it's not a, you know, something that big deal. But some people do them regularly, like regularly, regularly, and I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong. That's just what other people do. But um, it's a different smell, and so um, yeah, okay, I don't got know it. if that got answers the point. your question. All right, next point. point. So. Got it. All right. Understand. Um, and it's same with a salt flush. I mean, the enema's going, the water's going in up your bottom. With a salt yep. flush, it's going down your mouth. So it's kind yes. of attacking it from a different angle. That's my angle. preference. That's my preference. I think that's the best way to go. Like, go from the top down, inside out. That's yeah. uh, the way the body heals rather than uh, going backwashing upstream. Um, yeah. It's difficult to swim upstream. So it's way better to, you know, go with the flow, if you know what I mean. So I like to go with gravity. It's good. Yeah. It is, it is a way more, um, it's harder to, yeah, no, actually, anyway, they're both difficult. <laughs> really, drinking a liter of water with salt, isn't it, is difficult. Yeah, and yeah. doing an enema the very first time. Yeah. You're definitely dipping fingers in coconut oil, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's a conversation to be had about that again. But, um, you know, the other thing was that uh, there was another symptom that you didn't tell us about. And um, and I'd oh, like to... I'd no, like to, no, yeah, I'd, no. 
I'd really like to delve into that because you found a solution. There'll be people out there that will be going, what's this symptom that Marcus didn't tell us about? Because I'm always honest. You know, you um, you you interview me and I'll go into the deep depths of my childhood, my upbringing, what disappointed me, all those sorts of things. I'll share all of that. But you're a bit of a close, but we're going to open you up a bit. Tonight. So there was, a, there was another symptom that you didn't talk about on the podcast last week, which I think we can kind of just touch on today because you found a solution for it. And I think this is good because many people would be concerned if they had a similar sort of symptom, and particularly if they'd gone and done a water fast and that symptom hadn't cleared up, like yours hadn't cleared up, and you found a solution for your ringworm, but you might have also found a solution for this other symptom. Do you want to share oh, that? You are stitching me up. I can't believe I'm going to knock your block off next time I see you. <laughs> Come on, Marcus, please. <laughs> I'll have to stop laughing, first of all. All right, I'll say it once, everyone. Listen and then rewind if you feel you need to, but just listen or shut it off. I'm going to tell you one more. <laughs> one time and one time only. <laughs> Here we go. You are a prick. What was uh, this, what but was in the name system? of entertainment and a bit of fun. All right. Yes, all right. So what I mentioned you? that I'd been going for jogs on the beach. And I mentioned that there were dots around my groin. What I yes. didn't mention is that I had also had an itchy bottom, which I thought must <laughs> not have on been... the outside of the bottom though, like the inside. Well, of the I in... thought it was on the inside of the bottom, and I thought maybe I'd picked up a parasite in um, in Bali in March when we went on our baby moon because I also have um, what what the medical world would call plantar warts, which I've either mm-hmm. picked up in Byron walking barefoot around here or I picked mm-hmm. up in Bali wearing going barefoot around there. And so I decided that... You're just a bit festy at the moment, aren't you? Like, there's a few things just think <laughs> you are. My body's just breaking it's down. Like, it's, like, it's, not, it's not the not the best version of your physical self. Like, it's mentally, it's strong they don't, put, they don't put on the brochure about Byron Bay that Blasto is one of the biggest parasites that pretty much every local is infected with because of the, <laughs> because of the, the environment we live in up here. So anyway, I thought that I had a parasite up my bum, which may have been from something in Bali, but it also could have been from my diet, even though that perplexed me. But I thought, you know what? I will do the water fast. What I have since discovered is that the ringworm was not just on the left side of my groin. It had also permeated (laughs) to an area which I've already mentioned. And so the apple cider vinegar application (laughs) has not just been applied to the groin. It's also been applied there as well with marvelous results, may I say. Fantastic, fantastic. And now, so, it's interesting because people will think about apple cider vinegar as something that you take orally and it's good for digestion, all that sort of thing. You put apple cider vinegar on different things. But there's a few things like shingles, for example. Shingles, shingles responds really well to yeah. it. Obviously, ringworm and uh, itchy bum, like yeah. which is what uh, I really did want you to get into, Marcus, because there's a lot of people <laughs> out there that will have itchy bum and they'll go and do a fix my gut program, taking all kinds of fermented foods and spend thousands of dollars on supplements to you know do detoxes blah 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 blah, all that sort of thing and the reality is that maybe they could have tried one more thing before they went down that very very expensive and challenging route um and they could have just done the good old which is what you did yep exactly and just remembering as i realized and as you and uh my gp up here were were trying to tell me till they were blue in the face that you know ringworm is is fungal and it's on the top layer or the second layer of the skin or whatever it is so i was 
wise to apply something topically, which I was not doing. And and ACV is very very uh, antifungal, so to speak, and so it's uh it's very effective. And it's pretty much in my mind, it's pretty much good for anything these days. The good old ACV, um, even with those planter warts as well. Bit of ACV and a bit of um tape over it for five days, and um you'll see improvements. So anyway. Uh, all right. Thanks so, for sharing, Marcus Pierce. It's good. Well, it's good look, for you to open up. Look, I cannot tell good, a lie it? to save myself. I may have withheld a small fraction of the truth just to keep everyone not uh, from you know from vomiting. Uh, but since you were so sadistic that you wanted people to just do that type of stuff, then I shared the hundred and ten percent. Good. Truth. All right. So what I've realised, Damo, since the fast. After a day, I was I was on the seven on the sixth day, the day after the fast, I was down and out, sore low back. I had a sleep. Um, I did sleep a lot during the fast. Like I'd be sleeping, I'd, you know, I'd be up at six in the morning, but then I'd be asleep again at nine thirty, and I might sleep for a couple of hours. There were some really flat times where my body was just detoxing, and I just needed to rest. So I did some had some good daytime sleeps, but um, what I what I was really let down by was that expectation that I really thought I'd be flying come the end of it and I wasn't and I thought oh what have I done you know but it's such I, a fascinating thing that you had that expectation and I'll tell you why in a second but I, I find it absolutely fascinating well because again just keep in mind from my own experience I've probably done five juice cleansers I've probably mm-hmm. done um, two just raw food cleansers so I've, I've, my experience has been that the first couple of days suck and then you yep. adjust and then you improve um, yeah. and, and I really thought, and again, based on what I'd been reading, I thought I would have this la la and I would just be <laughs> humming along. Um, yeah. but what I realized as a really good sense, and again, you may disagree with this or not, I'm not sure, but I realized like my body has so much that it still, um, has to work through. Like, like I, I think personally that I will do another fast because I think I would probably, um, still be detoxing and needing rest and all the rest of it because I still feel like I've only just scratched um, the layers. That's just me, mm. right? So what I what I found on the on the Saturday, I was flat. But then come Saturday afternoon, we went we had a we had a um, a gathering at Sarah's brothers and um, socializing was so good. Like my energy was actually and I was eating now, so that that was that was wonderful. Um, but, you know, instead of having beer, I had kombucha. Um, instead of, you know, I didn't have any, you know, you know, I didn't have any stuff. I was just having, like, good food or whatever. But being around others, I wasn't talking about the fast. I was just tra- talking about stuff and the rest. And I, I got so much energy out of just being with others. And I said to Sarah on the way home, like, I'm just, like, I'm this, I'm exponentially um, improving. And um, and then I was, like, I didn't want to go to bed. I felt like I had so much energy that, that I was... You know, I was now eating again, but I was my low back was starting to improve. Come Sunday, I was flying. Go back to work on Monday, and I was just absolutely humming along. But what I found interesting was, say by about last Thursday or Friday, I recognised that like I was having flat spots again in the afternoon. Yeah. Not not to the degree that I was, but I'm like, well, you know, the only thing that that I have in common here is that I'm pretty much back to eating what I would normally eat. And so, just to give the listeners an idea, I'd have eggs and greens in the morning, like scrambled eggs and sautéed kale and stuff, and then um, I'd have um, a chocolate pudding cup, which is tahini and cacao and stuff for morning tea with a cup of tea, 
Um, I'd sometimes have a coffee if I was out, but if, if I'm home, I'd just have peppermint tea. And then I'd have lunch at, at 1 or 2 o'clock, which is, could be just like a boiled egg salad or some type of leftover meat and salad. And then I would have a maybe a, 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 like 250 mils or 300 mils of a smoothie um, mm-hmm. for afternoon tea uh, at about, I don't know, 3.34. And then 5, 5.30, I would have dinner uh, with the family. Um, and then sometimes at, after dinner at about 8 o'clock, I might have a bowl of or like a little selection of uh, frozen blueberries with tahini and honey or koyo or something. So that's six sessions of eating. And um, I just think particularly say afternoon tea, afternoon tea, but really, I mean, d- dessert definitely don't need dessert. No one ever needs dessert though. But afternoon tea... Um, is it's just a it's a luxury item that I just don't need, and so I think I've realised very quickly that my diet, as clean as it as it may be, um, it's so it's, clean, it's so clean. But it's, it's just, just my body's always working, and my digestion's always always busy. Yeah, well, this is interesting because energy. when you and I hang out, when you come to Melbourne, we hang out. I'm always amazed at two things: one, how much you eat, like you always need food. You do take a long time to eat your food, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's really good. But the fact that you take such a long time to eat your food, you still eat all the food that anybody else would, but you then go and eat again more. So you eat twice as much as what I would, but over a longer period of time. Do you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you have a constant supply of fuel going into your body, which your body then has to convert to energy. Here's the thing that I find fascinating about this whole water fast with you is that you thought that you would get more energy and you'd lift. But oh, you yeah, because my you, digestion was, would be doing nothing. But you gave your body no fuel. Right? So you had no calories. So you basically went into starvation mode. So if you looked at any fast or famine or anything like that, wherever you give yourself significant challenges, it's not so much about just continuing to detox and you've just peeled away some more onion layers or whatever else. My, I would, I would argue that you had such a significant calorie deficiency that your body actually started to shut down a little bit just to conserve whatever you had. So initially you would have fasted and one or two days of water fasting would have been good, but going to five days, it's quite a long time for the body given that so many millions of processes rely on a fuel source. And so your body's going, okay, hang on a second. There's actually no food coming. I might need to conserve a little bit here. And so non-essential things like anything other than keeping the heart going and the brain going probably don't need to really take a whole lot of my energy. I'm just going to put Marcus to sleep for a little bit here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that you, you just had a total calorie deficiency. But what about the yeah. fat? Like that's my, my I mean, my view is people go, well, what are you gonna, what are you gonna use for fuel? Like I just pinch my gut and I go, well, there's plenty of calories sitting right there that the body can start to burn off. I mean, we talk about becoming a fat burner. Like surely sure. that's burning the excess fuel that my body has not needed over the years. Sure. Yeah. 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 But there's only so much of that the body's going to let go very quickly. Like they're non-essential functions. So your essential functions will then start to use that. It's kind of like well, we just I'm recovering right now from a power outage, right? So all of a sudden the essential functions within Melbourne town would have had access to all the power, but the little old houses that are running Apple TVs and Sonos systems won't have had any power. So <laughs> the stuff that's not kind of um, essential doesn't need to get access to fuel or energy. So you didn't supply enough fuel or energy for your essential functions to maintain as well as the non-essential functions to maintain. So you, you you know, there was no luxury that you both go, well, you know what, we can just use some of our fat stores here and we'll go and, you know, we'll do everything and perform exactly the same as what we would normally with uh, without 
you know, a normal fuel amount. But so you, are you, you saying know. that the body begrudgingly gives away fat to store for to to actually burn for energy? So I here I am 100%. going well. If I don't give if I don't give it fuel and I'm just giving it water, well then it'll yep. go. All right, we're not getting food here. So all right, what have we got in here? All right, well, we've got plenty of fat on the shelf, which we can start burning. <laughs> Nine calories per gram of that baby. So I did the maths. I'm like, all right, it's all been you know 220 grams of fat. It'll burn a day. So mm. I might burn over a kilo of fat in the week. I mean, mm. no no worries there. Hopefully they mm. take it from my tummy. Um, mm. But like, are you saying the body doesn't actually transition from say sugar to fat all that all that uh, effortlessly? No, it does. It's just that it also needs fuel in order to do that. So you just didn't have any fuel. All you had was what was on your body. You had nothing else there. So you you've still got to supply your body with some fuel in order for it to convert and then shift into fat burning mode and all that sort of thing because you've got to provide fuel for essential functions. For that process to happen. Yeah, you've got to. And so one, if you've got fuel that's available for essential functions, the body's going to preferentially take it from the fuel that you supply. The fuel that you've stored is there for a rainy day. Now, if that rainy day goes for 90 days, because you can live for 90 days with that food, yeah. about five days of that water, but with without fuel your body's going to shut down non-essential functions like keeping you awake, like exercising, like reading, like alertness. You might have an alertness of danger and an awareness of sounds and all those sorts of things because your body's now gone into fight or flight, uh, which is a stress response, but you're not going to have um, you know, the alertness to be able to go and be your best, most creative. So, mm. Well, that's what I found. Like, um, The interesting thing is, is that I would I would drive to say one of these national parks to do an 8k hike and they're not easy yeah. hikes like they're hard hikes and I might feel yeah. average on the Monday was easy because like I've been eating on the Sunday right Yeah but, you still had fuel yeah your body Wednesday, didn't know that you were going to be starving Yeah the Wednesday at Minion Falls I was like you know how do I feel about this um, all the rest of it but once I'd started moving my body and I was in nature and it was just gorgeous and all the rest of it it was it was awesome like my my moods and energy in nature, like down the beach and, at, and and on these hikes, was so much better than my mood and energy at home. Like if I was in the yep. office, um, or if the kids wanted this or wanted that, like I was very just like I found that really, really difficult. And it makes me kind of think like what you're saying is like some of the non-essential, like non-essential, like being creative. When you said creative, I was just so uncreative. Like <laughs> I felt like I had no real scope for creativity. Like I thought on the Thursday and Friday, I'd have all these big ideas for my life and my business and all of that, you know, like stuff. But I was like, that's the last thing that I felt like I I use. And I, and I always, and I say this to you, I feel like in the mornings, like I love to eat fat in the mornings, like again, my chalky pudding cups or my breakfast or whatever it is because I feel like there's so much brain energy in the morning. Like we record our podcast in the mornings. I think we'd be way better in the mornings and the afternoons because we're just like humming along. Um but I've recognized that maybe in the afternoons, and again, it's pretty clear I, I do eat too much. In the afternoons, I don't need to give the body the same amount of fuel. And, and, I, and I'm not saying, and I'm saying this, having this conversation so people listening can go, well, like, really, am I actually eating too much? Like, am I putting the body under too much demand? Because I definitely think that's what I am, and I think that's what a lot of us are. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you eat too much food and, and you know, your body can't get rid of it, um, of course you're going to store it, but that's just not a wise thing to do. You don't want to be eating too much food. And and the the civilizations that live the longest, they eat the least amount of food. Like yeah. we know that, you know, we know that 
the greatest source of toxicity to our body comes through our food every single day, regardless of how how much good food you eat, how clean your diet is, that still 80% of your toxicity, 80% of your stress actually comes from the food that you consume. Mm. So it's, uh, it's a really important thing to keep in mind. So yeah, you don't need to eat a lot of food and maybe your realization was that yeah, you could probably get away with having you know two or three, maybe four fuel ups a day, but you don't need to do six. Yep. There's no need to. Yep. So yeah, so again, for those people listening, you know, that I think that's a really I think that's a very important point. In this foodie world that we live in, you know, I think that's a big thing that I've probably subscribed to is that there's just the, the, the excitement around food and all the recipes and all the things like it's like become a hobby, like to yeah. make food rather yeah. than actually eat it because you're hungry. And I think we, we kind of learned in Ikaria, I mean, food's not just for fuel, is it? It's for bringing people together. It's for connecting yeah. to the earth to say thank you, Mother Nature or whoever you want to uh, say thank you to God for yep. this incredible abundance of food that we have. Um, yep. There's a lot of different purposes behind it, but I think you're, you're spot on. We have, uh, I have and, and many others have overbaked the cake when it comes to nutritional intake, even if it's a clean diet. Yeah, totally, totally, absolutely. You can be as clean as you like and still eat too much. Mm. Oh, That's cool. why I find it fascinating to see an overweight vegan um, or I really I struggle with that, and then um, I order to see people that are still continually overweight, and then they blame their thyroid gland. It's not yeah. that; it's just too much fuel. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. like um, it's a hundred percent responsibility, isn't it? I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know if I said this yeah. off air or or on air, but what I've realised from this fast is that I am a hundred percent responsible. Uh, like yeah. you said, it's not a part of my body that's responsible that's not functioning. It's 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 the decisions I make that is making that part of the body not function effectively and um, yep. and it's a matter of taking that responsibility and doing something about it. Yep. So, Absolutely, yeah. mate. Good lessons, good, good. lessons. Good. good. Well, look, a bit of light and Pierce. shade in that uh, podcast episode of 100 Not Out, some hysterics yeah. and some yes. very serious and some serious points, points, very serious points. It's almost like 50 shades, that one. That was... Yeah. Uh, very, less, very good. Less I like it. Less than 50 shades. <laughs> yeah, a little bit less. Yeah, yeah. well, good yeah. work, Damo. Thanks again good for on listening, you. your insights. Thanks for sharing, MP. My pleasure. Particularly that first half where you, that you got what yeah. you wanted, did you? you yeah, I did. I probed. Individual. I probed, probed, I probed deep, so ever? to speak, and uh, I got what I wanted. Yeah. That's good. Well, well done. done. Well done. That's the journalist in me. Give you a right uppercut to the jaw next time I see you. Uh, to find out more about Domo, folks, go to DamienChristoph.com. For myself, go to MarcusPierce.com.au. Uh, look forward to seeing you on the next edition of 100 Night Out. In the meantime, also check out TheWellnessCouch.com where you can view the entire archive of 100 Night Out episodes and the 20-plus shows on the network. Until next week, as always, folks, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.